Speaking strictly from a critical perspective, 1971's independent cult hit, Billy Jack, is objectionably terrible from top to bottom. But much like a lot of the movies we cover on this pod, the film was able to find a niche audience and became much beloved by the countercultural youth movement of the post-Vietnam era, the hippies and free-loving burnouts who would eventually become the insufferable baby boomers we know today. I would best describe the film as an action Western martial arts protest movie with a blatant personality disorder. Writer, director, and Billy Jack himself, Tom Laughlin, had his heart in the right place when he first came up with the concept of a vigilante, half-Indian, ex-Green Beret, hapkido master with little patience for social injustice and a penchant for violence. But ultimately, Laughlin's message becomes muddled as he tries to find a happy medium between passive resistance and roundhouse kick vengeance. Personally, watching Billy Jack throat-punching racist, bigoted dickheads is worth the price of admission alone. But I could see how the overwhelmingly cornball and self-congratulatory nature of the film could be off-putting. But enough talk. Join us as we put our proverbial right foot to the face of inequality and break down Billy Jack next on Midnight Flicks. afraid of you but I guess it's a good thing they are because if they weren't they'd hurt the school a lot more than they do now what's gonna happen tomorrow is gonna happen and all your worry in the world isn't gonna change that believe me my religion my non-violence the kids, it's all I have left now. <laughs> now. I think of the number of years she's gonna have to carry in her memory the savagery of this idiotic moment of yours. I just go bizarre. <laughs> Welcome to Midnight Flicks, a podcast dedicated to discussing movies relegated to a late-night purgatory. I am one of your hosts, Pat Mitchell, and joining me on this cinematic expedition is Adam Walker. Adam, I uh, have some beef with a Monday night recording. Okay. I am missing 90 Day Fiance right now. Oh, <laughs> fuck. It's a real, it's well, a real issue in this Let's house. just stop right now. Actually, what we can do is we can maybe turn this into a live stream of both of us watching 90 Day Fiance. We may actually get more listeners if we just transition this entire podcast into just a 90 Day Fiance podcast. I, I think that would get more ears, especially more so than tonight's episode on Billy Jack, which I feel like is a, uh, an, 
not a very well-known movie. Um, and I really, I hope people tune in because this movie's got a lot going on though. And from your perspective, this is a movie I've watched since childhood. This is your first time watching it though. That is correct. So once again, you, you've thrown me another, another left field zinger. I, I've been aware of this movie for forever. And by just by its name, but I really didn't know anything about it other than that. I knew it was a movie that eventually I'd probably get around to watching because I do love me some old school Kung Fu Shaolin movies. Like I, I really, I love Shaw brothers stuff. Um, so, you know, whenever I can get around to watching any movie of that ilk from that era, then I'm on board. I'll like I will watch the shittiest of the shitty of those movies, too. Like <laughs> I will watch the most budget bootleg knockoff Bruce Lee fucking carbon copy dude kung fu movie you give me. Like, actually, it it's been kind of a process for me i don't do it so much now but like i used to actually just put in just whatever kung fu movie and i would practice guitar to it and it would actually help me oh or like write and even write music like i i wrote i feel like i wrote a fair amount of bodiker stuff just watching kung fu movies and just like, <laughs> that's uh, that's tight that's a, just, yeah that's a method to your madness i like it yeah so and this movie more so than Waterworld was kind of, I had some weird revelations throughout the movie. It was, it was almost like I would, uh, there's, there's been some movies that I've watched in my time. One example for me is Antichrist. I, I went and saw Antichrist in the theater and three, I was like almost three fourths of the way in. And like, I literally almost got up and walked out, which I never, I rarely do that. There's been like maybe three, two movies in my lifetime that I've went to pay money for in a theater and I've walked out of. Like, I, if I'm paying money, I'm committed. So you got to be a piece of shit. I'll tell you, though, the, the, uh, the like, clit fucking cutting scene, uh, all the, the genital mutilation, I should say, uh, is when the dude, the only other person in the theater when I saw it, who was sitting in the row in front of us, just literally stood up and walked out. He was done. At that point, he was, he was checked out. I believe it. Did you see it in Indiana? In Indiana? Because I saw it at, it was a Keystone Arts Theater. I, I saw it at Keystone Arts Cinema. <laughs> You're the guy that walked out. No, I didn't walk out. So that's the, 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 the point I'm trying to get to is I stuck it out far enough that like I just, all of a sudden I had a revelation. I had a revelatory moment with Antichrist. I was like, oh, this movie makes sense to me. And then I loved it. Like literally in that, that back half of, or that back quarter of it, I got it. I would say to a similar lesser degree, I kind of felt this way with this movie where it started off real rough. And then as I got into it, I was like, holy shit, man. Like, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's some revel I'm glad you had some revelations because it's uh, on surface lay uh, on surface level, real fucking dumb. <laughs> 
Yeah. But you know, it, and this is the, the struggle I have with, with baby boomers. This is a much beloved, like trip down memory road for a memory lane for a lot of baby boomers. This is a, a very beloved film by that generation for obvious reasons. They were the, they were the counterculture that really made this a popular movie at the time. Uh, so it really has all the trappings of, I'm sure, sh- and I'm sure you'll agree all the shit we fucking hate about that generation. And the, the lo- there's lots of patting themselves on the fucking back and the congratulatory nature of the movie is nauseatingly fucking stupid. Like you, you hate it. Yeah. Let's not dig into it too much though, right off the bat. So let's, yeah. Sa- yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's save the meat of it for later. Um, I don't know, before we actually get into it, is there any points of order? Do you want, do you want to discuss? There is something I wanted to bring up with you real quick. Um, considering well, bang, bang that gavel. this this meeting uh, to order um if you don't mind real quick i don't want to go on too lengthy of a of a of a trip with this but i see this in the background in your your man cave your 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 man hovel (laughs) and i know this is a this is a subject of great interest for you and, and it is for me as well but i feel like i should see this the last dance documentary what do you think oh wow i so i will tell you that uh, my mom was forced to watch my 70 year old greek mother who knows who michael jordan is and i think that's about the extent to which her basketball knowledge ends um she was watching it by proxy while we were watching it and she what she every Sunday she would watch all two hours. I wouldn't say she like loved it, but she was enthralled enough to like be engaged and was like asking questions and enjoyed it actually a fairly good amount. Having said that, I bring that up because I really do think it transcends sports. I think it's a more of a pop culture phenomena that I really think anyone could really get into and right. it's, a, it's a really great piece of do- documentary filmmaking one one of the best uh, sports documentaries i think that's ever been put together well because i will say this as someone who i do enjoy sports i don't keep up with it by any means we've had this discussion before it is a part of my childhood i you know i wasn't much of an athlete i tr- i made attempts and and such and they were thwarted for various reasons growing up but if you grew up in a certain time period like we did maybe even more so a little bit more me because i'm a little bit older there are key athletes that no matter how in or out of touch you were with sports as a as a phenomena they somehow touched your lives and they were somehow had some sort of influence michael jordan being one of them this is interesting to me because this documentary is happening now it's almost like there's like this, like, you know, collective conscious to, to, to make a certain era come back to life, but there's that, but also, and I know you saw me share it on Instagram and I think I might've even sent like a message to you, but I am so hyped on seeing that Mike Tyson video of him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Being a 52, 53 year old man and just being a wrecking ball. And you know, 
we, you know, it's like set aside his problematic aspects. I have my own like commentary on that, but he's a really important figure to me. And so I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I feel like there's this thing happening right now where that era of sports figure that were like bigger than life, like just monumental, bigger than life individuals. It's like, it's kind of like they're getting reappraised. There's a resurgence of nineties sports culture for sure. Yeah. Late eighties, nineties. I'm just waiting for people to start talking about the 85, 86 bears again. Well, in this household, we never stop. Let's talk about refrigerator Perry. (laughs) He's still, he's still kicking, which is, which is is, a real insane, but in short, I think you would uh, enjoy it a lot. And uh, you really, you get a method into Michael Jordan's madness and what he he would not settle for anything less than absolute perfection and, and, and winning. That's it. Yeah. He was, he was, he was going to win by any means necessary. And a lot of people really uh, say they live by that, or there's lots of really lame sports, uh, you know, quotes Mm -hmm. from people that are kind of trying to have a similar ethos, but he lived, he fucking lived that life and, right. and was all about getting on every, his teammates needed to get on his level and, or get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I, I've also, from what I know, I've, as far as I, I, what I've heard, he's, he's kind of an asshole, <laughs> which you have to be, I think to, to be that, you know, high of an achiever like i don't you know there has to you're you have to be such an extreme type a person you know i feel like to be able his to teammates even talk they have even a small montage where every single one of his teammates talked about how big of a fucking asshole he was and how scared everybody was of him yeah. but when you start winning and you suddenly understand why he was pushing everybody the way he was pushing everybody it may not like kind of excuse a lot of the bully culture that he was definitely a part of in that locker room. But he, and he says this too, there's not a single person that regrets playing with him and the results, the results driven nature of his, of his insanity. Yeah. So yeah, I would watch it for sure. Yeah. I'm going to watch it for sure. I just, I have to figure out when I will be able to, I don't think Charlotte's going to be on board for 10 hours of that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that aside, um, I just wanted to also point out real quick, um, that I rewatched Beverly Hills cop and you know, just, I love that movie so much. It's a one. It really is a wonderful, (laughs) a wonderful little movie. Yeah. Eddie Murphy is such a treasure, especially from that era. And you want to talk about other dudes from like my childhood that just like had a big impact on me and just seeing their face makes me smile. I mean, a baby face judge Reinhold. I mean, he's, he's, uh, yeah. I mean, the cast is great. I mean, uh, uh fucking young Jonathan Banks too. That mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. well, he's actually, he wasn't that young. He was like 37, but still, you know, comparatively, cause like he's so old now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's just got that face that it is just, he's always had like an older face. He's got like the ultimate resting bitch face for a dude. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so anyways, um, anything else you, you would like to discuss? 
before we get while into this. We're, while we're just talking about weird 90s nostalgia, it, I may have missed the boat on on this one. And uh, I, I will uh, I will get your opinion as as being someone that whose opinion I not only hold dear, but of a knowledge of this genre of music that I Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> this a knowledge of this genre that I don't uh, that I enjoy but mm. don't delve into greatly. Yeah, the the newer Metallica album that came out like two or three years ago fucking rips. I I don't I guess I didn't I don't know I didn't get the memo or everyone hated it and uh, I'm talking about something that is wait actually- what are you talking about Lulu Lulu. <laughs> Because I don't know what the fuck you're, you're talking about. I mean, he did. He. I'm like just thinking singularly about James Hetfield for some reason. They they did put out like a single not too long ago that was like, yeah, it was passable. I'm talking about the hardwired to self-destruct like album. I listened to it today while I was cooking dinner. See, I didn't, see this is how much I don't give a fuck about them now. Yeah. Is I didn't even know that there was a full length album. I knew they put out a single and I listened to it and I was like, whatever, man, it's fine. But, you know, like I so do not give a fuck. Uh, it's, like, it's really fucking good. Like I okay. was like, I was actually, I was surprised. Is, okay. is, all, I'm, is all I'm trying to say. Cause yeah, <laughs> all of those black album on fucking suck. Like I don't even, like, I don't even like black album, but everything. Yeah that on is awful yeah well they're just one of those bands where i think for people like me who are you know pretty diehard metal metal folks the 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 great tragedy with metallica is they put out they put out like a bit this biblical output of of music before the the 90s that is just so foundational and, and instrumental to you know, extreme music developing and they just blew it so fucking hard after all of that, that it's like, they're just like, it's, it's hard to forgive them for that transgression. And so at this point, when they come out with something new, I think people like me and my friends are just more looking for the opportunity to fucking make fun of them than to see them actually like, I could see that succeed. It's like, cause they've just bungled so much shit. And so whatever, but I, again, I will say this. I did listen to that one song. I remember being not terrible. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Good. Good. So, and I will say this too, like as far as the black album goes, yeah, that's like one of those, like depending on who you talk to, it is, it's one of those albums that people still kind of will, will hold in some high regard. And it was in you know, it came at a place for a lot of people like my age where it was still seminal, but you know, as time goes on, you just, it just doesn't age as well. So it's like, not good. No, it's, it's not. Yeah. I just like, if, if songs come on from it, I'm like, it has a nostalgic veneer to it, but it's like Pantera. It's Pantera is the same way. Like I loved Pantera. I went to all every Pantera concert that came through Indiana. I was at. So, but like, I can't like listen to them anymore with like a straight face. It's more like they're just the butt of so many jokes. And that's kind of, you're too, you're yeah. You're too uh, dug in. Yes. Whereas I'm like on a surface level to where I don't have any of these, uh, 
predisposed like i don't know you don't have the biases that i do yeah 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 so i i genuinely just enjoyed whatever the fuck album i just listened to yeah making dinner it was so anyways there's there's what i have to say about that good now that we've got all that 90s shit out of the way case closed Let's get to the original social justice warrior, uh, mm. Billy Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive in, shall we? Yeah. Uh, plot description. Um, a half Indian Green Beret Vietnam vet uh, living on an Indian reservation uh, takes it upon himself to... Uh, protect this kind of hippie commune school that's on on the reservation, and uh, there's kind of a uh, a battle between the countercultural youth that are on that reservation and kind of the slack jawed hillbilly fucking <laughs> rednecks that uh, that populate the surrounding community, and it, it's somewhere out in the southwest. Um, is it New Mexico? I'm not. I'm, I'm not even sure, but it's somewhere out. In the Southwest. Yeah, I feel like it's like, yeah, Texas or New Mexico. Um, that is the general uh, synopsis. Uh, but the, the main point is Billy Jack takes great umbrage with uh, social injustices and has a hard time controlling his temper despite being uh, intrinsically linked with a uh, passive resistant group. <laughs> right. And his method of doling out justice is a bit violent for uh, this uh, free loving generation. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't cotton well with the peaceniks. No, so he's kind of stuck in between because he's protecting them, and they would rather turn the other cheek. But uh, sometimes you just sometimes you just gotta roundhouse kick a fucking redneck racist dickhead. Yeah, you and so s- as a viewer, that's where we get our just desserts, right? In terms of <laughs> popularity, when this came out, it was I w- I should say that it is a it's an independent film, and it's an independent uh, series of films. This is actually the second in a four part uh, series. The first being the Born Losers. Then came Billy Jack, which is what we're talking about tonight. Then came the trial of Billy Jack. And then came Billy Jack goes to Washington. (laughs) (laughs) And then Billy Jack goes to hell. (laughs) Billy Jack versus Jason. (laughs) Billy Jack goes to space. It's a, yes. And I'm not fucking making any of that up. That that is totally true. Yeah. Mixed reviews mainly panned for the bad acting and the self-righteousness and all that. But the reason why we're talking about this movie at all is because it was much beloved by a, a, that generation of young people at the time, early 70s, for its anti-establishment rhetoric and attempt to shed light on the plight of Native Americans. So the, the politically inclined countercultural youth movement of the time made this a popular movie specifically um and as of back in in 2007 when you adjusted for inflation this was still considered the highest grossing independent film of all time 
which is mind blowing. I have since looked up more uh, recent records of highest grossing independent films, and it's 53rd on the list, which is still an incredible achievement to even be in the top 100, really. Um, but I think post 2007, there was a huge boom of independent. Independent film became chic again. And so I think that's what bumped it off. But for the longest time, up until 2007, when we talk about 30 some odd years, it was the highest grossing independent film of all time. That is pretty wild to think about. It's weird and, and crazy. Um, any points of order before we get into the good, the bad, and the questionable? No, let's just dive right in. Let's, let's roundhouse kick this. Let's uh, fucking roundhouse kick right through it. Yeah. The good. Um, this film is genuinely funny, both inadvertently and purposefully, but mostly inadvertently. <laughs> um, but the scene where the sheriff kind of stumbles across uh, those <laughs> those hippies kind of acting out a robbery scene uh, is like an Abbott and Costello routine. I genuinely love that that whole sequence. Like he doesn't know he's a part of, he's like trying to make an arrest because one of them has a gun and then he gets like roped into the scene. Like it, it's a whole, it's a whole thing that, that, that part is genuinely well-written in terms of like comedic value. Um, and the, the biggest good that I have about this movie, because we're going to get into the bad, the overall anti-establishment message still rules. I mean, at the heart of this movie, Billy Jack is saying, kill cops, always question positions of authority, oppose power structures, destroy what destroys you, and, and never relent until, until your will is imposed and justice is served. <laughs> I mean, that's still intrinsically the heart of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, the, the robbery improv scene and the city council meeting those two parts of the movie it's it's funny i really enjoyed those parts and it's like it's almost like it gave the movie this almost documentary feel you know what yes. i mean yeah uh, at, at or that like, point yeah I there's agree. like there's like this meta aspect to the movie <laughs> it really it really it does feel it borders on being a documentary at times because it's such independent filmmaking that it's almost like they were filming these shots that almost weren't prepared ahead of time. And it feels more real yeah. in some aspects, but then it's also melded together with some of the worst acting and poorly thought out scenes ever put to celluloid. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like to, to having like the, the hippie pacifist, interact with the townspeople the regular townspeople it's like it's almost like they were trying to develop this like social experiment by seeing yeah. like how how well could they play nice and how could they like how could like the hippies like bring them into their world and have them like 
see their side of it. Like, you know, with like the robbery improv scene where it's like, they're like, Oh, like, Hey, let's have some fun. See, we can like get along, you know, if we want to. And like the, the city council meeting though, that's like the opposite where it's just like, it completely devolves into like, non-cooperation bickering and anarchy where it's just like they're even throwing the children at them (laughs) like to like use them as like fodder to like you know really like bring out the worst and the the white shitty city council people (laughs) you know like when the when that young girl is reciting the hitler speech yeah so like because i didn't know the whole you know the punchline of that i was like sitting there watching i was like wow this this little hippie lady is a fucking bootlicker and then they turn it around i was like oh that was hitler and like ah like, <laughs> <laughs> i love i mean i love the fight scenes i love all of them i love that initial fight scene and and the speech that billy jack gives at the ice cream shop and you know just his way of kind of you know teasing out the the badness in the white townsfolk um let's see what else i i mean i genuinely like billy jack as a hero like i like i respect him throughout the movie you know there's never a point where i'm like ah this guy like i'm like whatever like i really like i i it's like you were saying like he's like an anti-establishment you know person and and i respect his motives and why he's doing what he's doing. And I'm on his side pretty much throughout the whole movie. More so and that's than important to even make this movie passable. You have to genuinely like Billy Jack or, yeah. or you, you can't sit through. There's, there's too many drum circles and fucking beat poetry. Like, there's too right. much other hippie bullshit to wade through that it would not be worth it unless Billy Jack was genuinely like someone you enjoyed. Right. Because in hip in him, I see a lot of myself where, yeah, like I'm somebody that wants to, I want to see what, you know, I want to see justice in the world. I want to see justice for everybody, but I'm also not going to be a wimp about it. You know, it's like, I'm willing to, you know, if I, if, if, if it comes down to it, I feel like the people that want to see like real justice for everyone in this world need to take it into their own hands and not just like roll over and like sing and dance about it. Like, the hippie generation, which is why they all became awful fucking people, you know, later on, because they just like, they, they, there was no like real, like strategic proactiveness that like was effective against fighting, you know, establishment hierarchy in their, their culture, you know, they just like expected it all to be like, you know, fucking wishing in one hand and shitting in the other to get results. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I like Billy Jack a lot. I actually made the note that I feel like, Billy Jack is kind of like, to me, it was like a proto Rambo in certain ways. Very much so. Especially, yeah. the, especially the warned Vietnam vet. Yeah. Especially with that final scene, the final shootout scene, you know, where it's just like, it's like this one man against the whole fucking town of assholes. And he's like a badass and he's able to fend them off, you True. know? <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, I do like the fact that like, yeah, at that time, which, even if there was problematic aspects to it, it did shine a light on the injustices that had been en- enacted on indigenous nations, first nation people in this country that like, you know, like 
that's a that's a discussion that we always need to be having and, and need to do what we can to rectify. And the fact that it was bringing it up in a movie, you know, at that time. So I respected that a lot. So, yeah, again, it's like I like a lot like I like the message. I like the hero delivering the message. Yeah. And there's there's some shitty wonky aspects to it but overall like you know like i said i i came around to it more and more um as time went on um in watching the movie uh i will say also i like the snake ritual that yeah he, yeah he I, it was tight yeah I, I, like, I like that too um and I also really, and I'll get to this later more when we talk about some of the awards and categories part. I, um, I really like Howard Hessman and the fact that Howard Hessman's in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, him as a counterculture figure and seeing him, you know, have the the role that he does in this movie, like really made me like it a lot more too. And, and gave, you know, again, it gave it more of that almost like, experimental feel to it like this is like you know this it was does. you know th- this was like some sort of like project you know to see how these like different like forces interacted and and, and things like that so yeah so i would say that's like other than what you said that's pretty much most of my what i liked about this and to piggyback off of the the idea of shining a spotlight on on the native people of this country and the, and the plight that they're going through. I genuinely, I genuinely meant that Tom, Tom Laughlin, who is all things, Billy Jack, he genuinely is coming at this from his heart is in the right place. He really, right. he really is. He he's married to Dolores Taylor. Um, who's the other, the co-star in this, in this movie as well. Who's he, the, was, he was actually married to him in real life. Yes. Okay. And okay. not only that, they got married in 1954 and they were married till he died yeah. in the early 2000s. So like they had a long-standing relationship together. But he got the idea for this movie um after seeing the way indigenous tribes were treated, it really pissed him off to where he wanted to like make these movies about it. Um yeah. So I think that's tight. I I I genuinely think that's awesome. Um and it, it makes the movie even you you actually like it even more. Like you like where Billy Jack's coming from even more. Um, yeah. The and to touch upon the other thing, the scene where he's t- he tells the corrupt politician, uh, "I'm going to put my right foot and I'm going to whop you on that side of your face, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it." That is genuinely one of my favorite martial arts scenes not from a technical perspective not not from a from what's actually done performed in terms of you know a physical move but that dialogue is so badass yeah I, it's like ingrained in my childhood because my this is a, a movie my dad would show me all the time and that line we would just repeat over and over and <laughs> over again so i absolutely love that line and whenever that scene comes on it's 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 one of my favorite scenes genuinely in in like an action or martial arts movie i absolutely love it um, yeah, that's what i mean like just all all of his monologue to set up when he's about to like kick some ass yeah i love that he's like he's about <laughs> i love the idea that before he's a before he's about to kick some ass, he's going to say some like quippy shit. Like 
but it's genuinely awesome. Like the, the, the ice cream parlor, he literally goes on like a diatribe, which I'll read when we get to the quotes, but yeah, he goes on a diatribe before yeah. he just starts kicking ass. Like it's so good. Those are genuinely my favorite parts of, of the movie and get, it makes it, it makes it what is rewatchable about it. Um, I, I did want to say one other thing real yeah. quick too. I genuinely like Billy Jack's look and it's very iconic. It is. It is the, the hat that he wears. And I don't know, you may get into it. If not, like we'll have a discussion about the hat in the trivia, but the hat that is iconic. Like, that's what I mean. Like, even without really knowing much about the movie, you know, I, I am aware of that character and that hat. Absolutely. Well, there's, there's definitely some bad as to what we've alluded to. Yes. Um, why don't you, why don't you kick it off? Well, right off the top, you already said it when you were talking about, you know, kind of trying to set up the movie a little bit and establish like, you know, even though there's things we don't like, you know, there, there's plenty of good. You, you said it actually word for word, what I have written there is too much hippie bullshit and it's like, it's, it's, it's front loaded with it. And that's why at first I was like, Oh man, this is going to be a rough, a rough ride. In fact, I'm going to jump ahead to the quotes because I'm going to quote my partner and say that during that part, she just said, I hate this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Did, Did Charlotte turn around on it? No, she just tuned she, out. Like that was the thing. I knew because that's how she is. Like I feel like if 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 the movie doesn't grab her right away, like I can tell I'm looking at her off to the side and she's just on her phone the whole time for the whole don't movie. Don't even I don't even blame her. So yeah, again, it's front loaded with the fucking singing and dancing, tra la la, kumbaya horse shit. And you're just like, God, shut up, motherfuckers. You, you genuinely like I want I want to turn Billy Jack loose on these motherfuckers (laughs) right i wish he was punching. yeah teach them teach these assholes teach the hippies i if oh my god he could have throat punched and roundhouse kicked so many of these assholes like he like i wish he would have taken that fucking guitar and just started smashing people over the head like he yeah you genuine it genuinely is what ages the worst about this it is yeah so much of it and it you could have edited out a lot more of the the bullshit hippie crap and put in more tight ass hapkido stuff like right. I, this could have been so much more martial arts forward but it is not that kind of it's not that kind of movie and it's a prototype in a lot of ways for what Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan would actually take and make into the movie that I wish this was more of. For sure. Yeah. I could say that, but continue. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big one. Agreed. Um, Holy shit. It's, it's an insufferable and it's, it's the whole first half. (laughs) So yeah, you you gotta slog through that a little bit and really do. There is there, but there's a payoff. Um, just, this is, if there isn't, a better example, especially from that era of uh, shitty white dudes doing shitty things. Oh my God. That, the, the, the deputy dad who just slugs his fucking daughter because, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I mean, she's 
she's pretty cocky with him. Obviously, she doesn't deserve getting slugged in the fucking face. But that's that whole dialogue where she just like, shit, I don't know. It could be anybody's dad. I was passed around <laughs> between white, white dudes, black dudes, Indian dudes, you know. So and then he just fucking slugs her. Um, that's one of several moments in the movie where and this is what and this is a bad of the movie. The movie does a, a poor. The movie at times makes you hate everybody, other than Billy yeah, Jack. Other than Billy Jack, and you yeah. can't you can't do that. Like the people Billy Jack is protecting, you have to make likable. You can't. <laughs> that scene where she's arguing with her dad, you're like, I fucking hate this girl. <laughs> I fucking hate her dad. Like I, I neither one of them I identify with. So that yeah, yeah. To, to kind of like piggyback on that as well, because I did have this in my bad, but then I have a question mark by it because this was a bad that I wrote off, uh, wrote down, and then later on I was like, mm, it like this aspect got had 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 a redemptive aspect to it. And then when I read some more about the trivia, then I felt like I was somewhat like validated by it. But through most of the movie, I feel like Dolores Taylor is pretty an awful actress. Like she is like actually one of the worst actresses I had ever seen in a movie until I will say this. And I put this so she's in my bad and my good. I didn't write it down in my good, but that last the the shootout scene or like the scene from like when she gets raped up until the shootout something about like what she does with her character that it almost she turns it around and she actually convinces me as you know she she makes her character very very human and sympathetic from that point on but like up to that point like she just is a shitty actress like she's just like you know, just very wooden, very, very, you know, stiff, you know, yeah, very, very stiff. So half and half, like, you know, like I really feel like she delivered, you know, from a certain point on. So I don't know. What's it's, sad is you, yeah. What's sad is you, you need that rape scene almost for the redemptive quality that she uh, eventually attains yes. as well as the empathy that she's so sorely lacking because for that you're like oh cool you're just like the director of this bullshit school yeah <laughs> with no with re- no redeeming qualities yeah. um so yeah there there was some violent acts that needed to happen to that character to bring her bring her back around especially for for viewing this movie, uh, you know, 40 some odd years later. Right. Um, <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> Bernard is just like such a shitty, like white dude, wiener fucking like. Is he the shittiest? Is he the shittiest dude in any movie we've covered so far? He might. He really might be. A- yeah. Apples to apples, man. He, he, he I think he's he's up there for sure. Um, well, he's just like, just, he's a bad shot for one. Like it was like, he has like ample opportunity at one point to just Merc, uh, Merc Billy Jack and, or like, it's almost like Billy Jack knows it. Like Billy Jack right. almost knows he's how useless he is. Yeah. He's just like, he's just such, uh, <laughs> I'm going to use this in a non-gendered term for any people that might be sensitive. He's a bitch. This motherfucker is a bitch. <laughs> 
is a bitch ass motherfucker. I mean, like, let's run. Let's run down. Let's run this. Guy. <laughs> he's he's super super sexist in terms of he starts hitting on that girl and yeah. she gives him one of the worst uh one of the worst lines in terms of telling somebody off ever oh yeah what and is it like up yours that was like, like yeah my name is yours and first name up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sucked yeah uh, but then he stalks her to the ice cream parlor where he just does a bunch of awful hate crime racist shit <laughs> right? and is like pouring flour all over like all the Indians to make, to them, make white. them white. I, 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 so I had a thought when that happened is the scene in American history X where he puts that, that grocery store worker over the conveyor belt and pours milk on her face and says, now that's the color like that. Now there's yeah. a good color. It really did remind me of uh, when I watched this scene in Billy Jack. It, it does remind me of that scene from American History X. I, yeah, I'm genuinely curious. Maybe I mean I, I didn't know if you knew that, but no, yeah. no, but that is interesting. Yeah, I totally forgot about that scene. There, there might be some connection there. Very similar. Um, so that he does that. Uh, he's sleeping with a 13 year old later in the movie. Uh, 15. 15. Oh, 15. She does, no. she does say 15. Whew. Just to clarify. I know. My bad. When well, when you're that when you're that young, uh, two years makes a whole and, big, big of a fucking difference. And that's what's kind of even more creepy about this movie is like, unlike other movies where like it's just like insinuated by the dialogue, that girl looks like she was definitely like probably fourteen or fifteen, and she's nude on screen. So yes, remember how we talked about with uh, phenomenon? We talked about itty bitty titty, young mm-hmm. titty. Mm-hmm. This. It's got some blatant itty bitty titty. So <sighs> this is uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. So, so he, <laughs> yeah, he might be one of the shittiest dudes we've ever covered. Yes. Um, um, and yeah, and bad, bad in terms of every any other aspect of his fucking life. Because he just gets he gets punked out by his dad. Like that scene where like he he is quote unquote forced to roll his car into the water. And like, you know, obviously like even like his dad is like totally like digging him out for That's it. some like, more great Billy Jack stuff too. But he's just like, what? He didn't do anything. And you just rolled this fucking brand new Corvette into the water. Like what kind of punk are you? Like, yeah, like he's awful. He sucks, man. I'm so Bernard. glad. Hard. And his it's name's Bernard. Name. Yeah, it's just like what a what a shit shit lord shit prince fucking name to have. Bernard. Yeah. Fuck Awful. you, Bernard. But the, if we were to turn this into a good, the movie does do a good job of making you outright fucking hate people. Like the uh, antagonists in this movie are deplorable. They're like yeah. you have no issue with Billy Jack just taking it to him. Well, um, and, and that's like the thing you were saying. It's like, yeah, like the people that you totally should be unsympathetic towards, they do a great job. But then it makes the people that you should like unsympathetic as, as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's the good and the bad. of it. <laughs> um, um, I, I was just going to say real quick, should we get to the cultural appropriation that's going on here? <laughs> Tom Laughlin playing a half Indian. Uh, and when he's first introduced, there's like native wind chimes and like just real stereotypical uh, <laughs> native American music in the background. Just like that, that whole general aesthetic has not aged well in, especially in this current culture that we live in. Yeah, totally. I mean, 
credit where credit's due. Tom Laughlin does look like in the movie that he could be, you know, he could have some native, you know, native native in him. But yeah, whatever. I mean, like that's and that's a problem that has been consistently, you know, lobbed at Hollywood or 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 you know Western American movie making up till now with you know the whitewashing of characters like having like you know like Tilda Swinton play an Asian in yes. Doctor Strange or you know things yeah. like that. So you know the fact that it was happening then it's like of of, of course a fucking course. You know he, this even, is, he even says at one point he says quote being an Indian is not a matter of blood it's a way of life. <laughs> all right, all right, dude. Sit the Which, fuck but out. I'm pretty sure he's just thinking of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's not, that's not how race works there, Billy. No. Uh, but but yeah, I just wanted to throw throw that out there because there is a lot of that going on uh which which is why I repeatedly say Tom Laughlin had his heart in the right place. He's genuinely trying here. Like of all the people to have some cult- cultural appropriation, like yeah. Tom Laughlin is at least trying to write the ship especially in 1971 he had his heart in the right place just like the italian guy who played the crying indian in the recycling oh that's right yeah the trash heap made him sad (laughs) um i have one more and then if you have anything else you can um bring it on home but my uh, my last bad is i just put pacifism is dumb Oh my God. I couldn't go on enough. I mean, I just, <laughs> I think I wrote in three different parts of my notes. This, this movie needed way more Hapkido. I needed way more Hapkido. Like take out this bullshit and edit in some Hapkido for the love of God. Yeah. More, more, more feet to the domes, bro. I, I, it's just for people that haven't seen this movie, uh, <laughs> it is it is definitely the most insufferable quality of the movie is is the everybody is a uh mr van Driesen from beavis and butthead like it's a commune <laughs> yeah, of mr really, van Driesen. Totally is like and you just all you're asking for is more beavis and butthead like i don't need <laughs> fly on lesbian seagull like yeah. for a long extended period of time yeah. but yes i i will agree um those are i think we've hashed out most of the bad um the I, well the I, I think the last thing to touch upon in terms of bad the message is muddled and convoluted kind of from the jump and this kind of goes back to what i was saying where this this movie has kind of a personality disorder it's like are they saying that passive resistance is the answer. Are they saying this kind of like vigilante justice is the answer? The movie doesn't even really make up its mind. And it's a two hour movie. It's got a two hour runtime. That's too long for you to not really take a hard stance on exactly what it is that, that you're wanting to say outside of maybe this movie is saying that these issues are more complicated than that. And so who knows what the fuck the answer is? Yeah, I mean that's what I would say. I'd be like, man, we just don't know yet, man. You know, uh, we're still no. we're still working it out, man. Yeah, that's true. And now I I I see why Charlie Manson uh, did what he did. Um, <laughs> questionable. You got some questions here. I actually don't have a lot. This movie's uh, pretty straightforward. I mean, I kind of already brought them out uh, up and talking about like the good and the good and the bad. Um, just. I don't know. Like, I, uh, I guess this is like, uh, I guess this would be 
not bad. It's like that. This is like the aspect of the questionable where it's like, it's almost like a gray area for me more than like a question, but like, I feel like the pacing of the movie is very strange, you know? And again, it has that documentary kind of like weirdly edited, you know, aspect yeah, to it. Everything's just kind of flowing into one another without any rhyme or reason. Because it almost acts as if there's two movies happening in one. There's the documentary aspect of like, the school hippie people the social inter- justice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Interacting with the townspeople. And then there's the aspect of Billy Jack. Yeah. Where he's on his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, what else? Let's see. Um, I, I said, is, is dog food being made out of horse meat a real thing? Was that like a thing in the seventies that like I was, wasn't aware of? I'm sure it is. I know. I feel like I've heard of it. My whole, the whole, the whole thing that I always just assumed with, with, especially back in the day that I was taught by my mom was that, you know, if you had a bad horse, you send them to the glue factory. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. what I always heard that they just got made into glue. So both, I don't know, like maybe there was like some deal with like big glue and big dog, dog food, big dog food, Conglomerating. Yeah, I could like, see because they're making the horse hooves and like gelatins, like made out of like horse hooves and shit, and like mm-hmm. pig's feet and stuff. So, I, yeah, I, I, I was just curious if that was a thing he was touching upon that was like a burning issue in nineteen, the early nineteen seventies that people just didn't know about. Yeah, um, I guess one thing <laughs> that I was like wondering with with the end scene, the shootout. I feel like given how antagonistic. Billy is to the townspeople and all the, the, the kind of like mayhem that he's stirred up that his demands are conceded to pretty quickly. It's almost like you're like suspicious of it. You're like, cause if, if I think of like how things go in, in real life, especially with like people of color and getting real justice dealt by a white person, they're not just going to hand over his demands like after he's been like shooting up the town and killing people, but you know, he's conceded to pretty easily. Like they're like, yeah, no problem. Billy Jack, you know, you got everything you need, man. You know, come on. I I took it as more reinforcement of, of how much of a badass Billy Jack is that I think everyone was just grateful to have walked away from that scene with their lives. Right. (laughs) I genuinely think people were like, were like stoked that they didn't get throat punched. That yeah. They, there was a resolution of any sort. Um, and he's being brought to there and their biggest pain in the ass is being taken out. They're the thorn in their side of that town mm-hmm. is being taken away. So yeah. I think, I think they got what they wanted out of him. So they just conceded the fact. Yeah. I just think like, the whole time when he's, negotiating with them i'm thinking man they're gonna it's a trap it's a trap billy jack yes i really you yeah you really do have that feeling but it, it never does materialize as such those are my those were it i like i said i kind of brought up the other things like the the underage boob and just <laughs> the the deputy being such a fucking extreme asshole that he's like you know not only does he punch his daughter but he's willing to shoot his daughter yeah. You know, well, yeah. you know, to, to get resolution, he's like, fuck her. I don't care. True. So. Um, yeah, I don't have any other questions. So we can move on to our awards uh, and categories. Um, do you think those Green Beret karate tricks going to help you against all these boys? 
Well, it doesn't look to me like I really have any choice, now does it? <laughs> no, that's right, you don't. You know what I think I'm going to do then? Just for the hell of it. Tell me. I'm going to take this right foot. And I'm going to whop you on that side of your face. And you want to know something? There's not a damn thing you're going to be able to do about it. Really? Really? Indian son of a bitch. Quotes. Uh, this is actually, to me, was like a very highly quotable movie. Very much so. Billy Jack specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I will just rifle through some of my favorites and see if you got anything left. Uh, when policemen break the law, there is no law. Just a mm. fight for survival. That's a. That's like a like you alluded to earlier, I love the Rambo comparison. That does feel like a Rambo line. Um, let's see. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the daughter, Barbara, uh, who is just awful throughout this movie, just (laughs) the worst acting of all time. Uh, dad's berating her after she came back. She, this, this line always makes me laugh too. I don't look well because I've got hepatitis and a goddamn abscess tooth. That's killing me. (laughs) <laughs> that line is so fucking stupid um i i've already run it down but i will quote the whole thing or you can drop in the actual quote because it's fucking so tight you know what i'm gonna do just for the hell of it i'm gonna take this right foot and i'm gonna whop you on that side of your face <laughs> and you want to know something there's not a damn thing you're gonna be able to do about it now i and i will take this time to bring something up to you and I called my dad for confirmation because I could not remember what other Billy Jack movie this is from, but they reprised this line in something. And I asked my dad and he could not think of it, but he knew exactly what I was talking about. He does this same sequence and it's gotta be another Billy Jack movie. I can't imagine what else it would be where he says this whole diatribe and then ends up like gut punching somebody to their knees. And, and the guy's like, I thought you said you were going to kick me in the face. And Billy Jack says, you calling me a liar. And then does like a roundhouse kick and like knocks the guy the fuck out, like in the face. And it's like a callback to this line. Um, uh-huh. I could not figure out what, what that was from, but it, that that's another way. Another version of this line that I remember is I think he kind of pulls it back and, and reutilizes it um, in a different movie. Oh, no. um, this one genuinely, I fucking well like in stitches i had to rewind it like three times uh when he he goes he goes down and bernard is like basically quasi sexually not quasi sexually assaulting that girl in the car she's got like her top off and everything he's like get your blouse billy jack's like get your blouse and get out of here and the girl's like will you look and he's he he just chuckles and says (laughs) probably (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Why What is that line? Like that is a fucking weird line. Like you'd think Tom Laughlin would have been like, "I'm gonna put like Billy Jack's gonna be on the straight and narrow in terms of total respect for women and like just social injustices of all kind make him fucking sick." But the idea that this girl would be like, "Are you gonna look?" and he's just like, <laughs> "Probably." 
I that love is, it. That is one of my favorites. Um, so good. Go ahead. I'm gonna I'm, to to close this. I'm gonna read the diatribe that he gives in the in the ice cream parlor. Unless you have that as something you want to read. I just want to say real quick too with that whole I'm, I'll probably look line. It's because you know <laughs> you know that woman had some nice titties, dude. Yeah, Bernard did not deserve to have a <laughs> in that car. <laughs> That that lady is a fucking honey. That was a refreshing. That was refreshing, and then you and then they make you look at a fifteen year old's tits, and you're like, well, you know, I you know, I had my mincemeat pie earlier in the movie, <laughs> and now, now this is this is not going down well anymore. Yeah, that's what we get. Um, yeah, I got quite a few. Um, there's one in the beginning where the the students are coming into town to the ice cream parlor and there's the the dickhead fucking the the circle of dickhead white guys at the barber shop and one of them says to the deputy hey or the sheriff i think it's the sheriff hey cole when you gonna do something about them long hair weirdos yes that's so good yeah that's That's that we already talked about the one dumb line between the lady from the school and bernard were He's like, what's your name? He said, up and blah, 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 up yours. Oh my God. Ah, burn. That, uh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of good back and forth during the council meeting, but just like the one like quippy ones, like this council sucks. <laughs> 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 and then um, there's a little girl arguing with, with the one council member and one of the hippies just yells, she's too old for you. Dude, that's she's, so good. She's like that an eleven-year-old so kid. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who said it at one point, but someone says, "Damn your pacifism." I think it was Billy Jack. Mm-hmm, but yeah, probably. Yeah, he would say pa- that. Uh, another one. Um, one of the one of the town's folks says, "I'll be damned." That engine is shooting back. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're shocked. Why won't uh, he just let him, us kill him? Uh, and then I got a couple more, and then I'm done, and then. Uh, I think this is another Billy Jack one. I'm itching to kill someone, so it might just be you. Mm-hmm. And then... Preach it, BJ. This is a Dolores one, I believe. Life has been one big shit brick. Yes, yes. I actually... that I had that one um, written down as well. Uh, it's Barbara, actually. Yeah, it's Barbara. And, Sorry. And You're she right. says... From the day I was born until this very moment and every second in between, life has just been one big shit brick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's good. I, I had that written down. That was wonderful. Okay. So, so, the, those so are the, the ice cream parlor, he says, Billy Jack says, Bernard, I just want you to know that I try <laughs> and the kids at the school tell me that I'm supposed to control my violent temper and be passive and nonviolent like they are. I try. I really try. <laughs> so when I see this girl of such a beautiful spirit, so degraded, and this boy that I love sprawled out by this big ape here, and this little girl who is so special to us, we call her God's little gift of sunshine. I think, <laughs> of, <laughs> I think of the number of years that she's going to have to carry in her memory, the savagery of this idiotic moment of yours. I just go berserk and then just fucking loses it. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah, that whole that whole that ice cream shop scene is iconic. It's it, it's so good. The the I, I especially I genuinely that that whole 
uh, diatribe is, is funny, but, and just good and badass. But I genuinely like this. Uh, when I think of the number of years that she's going to have to carry in her memory, the savagery of this idiotic moment of yours, I just go berserk is, is so fucking good. It's so well-written. <laughs> yeah, it um, really is. Okay. Uh, moving on specifically into some of our awards. Did you spy yourself a dick, our Dick Miller award named after bit actor extraordinaire, Dick Miller? Absolutely. I did. It was the aforementioned, uh, when I was talking about the good Howard Hessman. Yes, absolutely. Is that, was that yours as well? No, no. So yeah, no, you go ahead. I have a different one actually. Yeah. So the reason why I picked him was, um, Howard Hessman was in WKRP in Cincinnati, which I watched that as a kid and another show that I watched as a kid, head of the class. Mm -hmm. He, He was, he was the teacher and head of the class. And, you know, WKRP in Cincinnati, he was a, he was a DJ. He was a, he was a rock DJ and it was, you know, like the fucking, you know, like rocker hippie dude. Um, yeah. And then in head of the class, he was, he was the progressive leftist experimental teacher and, you know, and, and, sure. but he was in an in, in inner city high school teacher. And so, you know, he, his program was a little bit more like, yeah, uh, forward thinking, experimental, and that's why the whole premise of the show was based around this hippie leftist teacher and his, you know, his uh, brat, bratty inner city uh, cla- class classroom and the wacky hijinks that ensued that from there. Ensue, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, one. One thing I specifically remember, I don't know why it stuck in my head to this day is I remember that like as a project, the class had to make a music video and they did one to the song, the future. So bright. I got to wear shades. Oh yeah. 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 And I just remember them dorking around in that. But so there you go. That's mine. Howard Hesman was like, you know, like I said earlier, was kind of a sixties counterculture figure. He's still alive. I don't know what he is does. He really? mm-hmm. Wow. Good for him. That's awesome. So there you go. That's my. I actually thought we were both going to struggle with this category because a lot of these actors are uh, being an independent film at the time are just off the radar radar completely and don't have a filmography whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, So I'm glad we not only found uh, somebody for this category, we found two two somebodies, and mine is Kenneth Toby, who played uh, Deputy Mike. Mm. Um, He is actually. Uh, the the lead in the thing from another world uh, from 1951 yeah so it's yeah. the it's uh, what the thing is a remake of yeah. um, is the original thing uh, but also he's uh, in Gunsmoke which is <laughs> don't, care, don't care about Gunsmoke but uh, he was also cast in uh, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, uh, Fathoms, and it came from Beneath the Sea. So he's like got like a weird sci-fi background, which I thought was tight. I um, I, I like the fact that I f- it, it it's inevitable that a lot of these actors, these character actors from that time, like movies that we'll talk about, they have they definitely have a resume in westerns. It's almost like inevitable, like they. They all have yeah, some sort a prerequisite of for that, uh, for a certain, uh, a certain cut from a cloth actor at that time. It's almost like, like how you had to, how you had to make your way through Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
who would we replace in this movie with Bill Paxton? I feel like this is the most obvious of all time. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you came up with someone different. Billy Jack. Yeah. Billy Jack. Just call it Billy Paxton and uh, Billy Pax. Directorial trifecta. Um, so Tom Laughlin just does the Billy Jack series. Right. So there's not much to talk about here. We've, I've already detailed all four movies or but at I least. W- yeah, go ahead. Well, I want to know, have you seen any of the sequels? That's a good question. And no, I have not. My dad only watched Billy Jack. <laughs> because just from perusing the IMDb, they progressively get worse and worse ratings. Yes. So, yeah. It, the, yeah. Supposedly Billy Jack goes to Washington is like fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> well, imagine that. Well, who would have known with that time? Yeah. It, yeah. It's if it is seriously just like a courtroom drama, like courtroom <laughs> proceeding, like, Oh my God, I wouldn't lose it. Um, no, I, ha- I have not. Uh, okay. So for directorial trifecta, we really don't really have much to go off of. Uh, we'll just make the Billy Jack series his directorial trifecta because it is what he's best known for. It's basically he dedicated his entire life to this series. So, um, Wiki Wormhole. Uh, we kick this off with a body count. I was having such a good time. I kind of didn't keep track. Um, do you this- have a body count for this? I thought there was just one. I had two. Okay. After thinking back, I mean, the Indian boy. Oh, wait, you're right. No, there's like three. There's three. So Bernard. Bernard. The Indian kid. Martin. And then there's a cop that gets shot. Okay. I couldn't see. That's what I, I couldn't think of in the shootout at the end if anyone died. Yeah. Right, three. It's got actually a pretty low body count. There's a lot of ass kicking. Like yeah. In terms of uh, people that got their asses whooped, that would be probably the record. Uh, but yeah, not a lot of deaths. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he met his his future wife Dolores Taylor in in South Dakota when he uh, came up with the inspiration for this movie. Um, and obviously, she's in she is in this movie as Jean. Uh, he wrote the original screenplay original screen play for Billy Jack in 1954 after witnessing um, specific mistreatment of, of native Americans in her hometown of winter, South Dakota. Um, in 1959, this is a cool little tidbit him uh, Laughlin and his wife actually founded a Montessori preschool in Santa Monica, California. Um, long story short, one of the students at that school was Christian Brando Son of one of Laughlin's best friends, Marlon Brando. Yeah, so that segues nice into. I'm just going to interject here yeah. with a little bit of trivia that I wanted to point out. Maybe you already had it. Um, I'm just going to read it straight off of the IMDb. It's it is said that Marlon Brando considered Dolores Taylor's post-rape scene to be one of the greatest scenes of acting he ever saw at any time. John Travolta has said in several interviews that the same scene was a huge contributor to why he chose to be an actor. I did not know either one of those tidbits. That's that's wild. That's incredible. And that's like, again, going back to what I was saying about how I felt about her acting, like as far as it being, you know, half and half where the first half I'm like, whatever, she sucks. And then after that, I was like, I was convinced. And then I read that. I was like, Oh, I guess I'm, 
I, I felt vindicated. Like I said, that, you know, that was like, apparently there was other people, especially Brando. Like it's know. crazy. This, this movie has influential tendrils that go deep. Yeah. Uh, what it is a shockingly influential, highly influential movie right. for a lot of people and a lot of filmmakers and actors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of, that's a perfect segue to my next point. Anyway, um, this film is considered one of the first to introduce martial arts, specifically Hapkido, to American audiences. I didn't really think of this in terms of a timeline, but this predates the Bruce Lee Kung Fu uh, uh, Hong Kong big budget uh, martial arts movie trend that would follow um, yeah, yeah, 1971. By, yeah, by at least like five years, I would say. It was, I, I looked up Bruce Lee's or what is, you know, what is Bruce Lee's earliest movie? And I think it's like the same year or maybe the year after, but it was not anywhere near, you know, it, it's, uh, in terms of stateside, this, this was it, this introduced American audiences to that kind of movie. Um, and obviously this is a huge influence on Chuck Norris and John Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, Jackie Chan. Um, they all pretty much went on to mimic this formula of, social justice via via violence almost for their entire careers um the <laughs> so we'll, we'll dive a little into the the sequels um the second sequel the trial of billy jack was released in 1974 was actually a huge box office hit um and I think maybe they did some self-correcting because we talked about some cultural appropriation, but it is notable for casting native American icons in that movie. It is, it is one of the first movies to prominently feature native American actors. Um, and actually it has a very strong criticism of the Kent state shootings in that movie. So that's the movie that comes after Billy Jack. Um, so I thought all of that was, was, uh, super tight. Um, Furthermore, the trial of Billy Jack, the promotion for which they kind of uh, used it uh, on a nationwide platform using commercials that were broadcast nation nationwide uh, because of such marketing campaigns and, and, and the way they marketed the movie, it is considered the first blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, re I'm reading right here. It opened to 1500 screens nationwide at once, making it the single most successful film in cinema history up to that point. What the fuck? Isn't or ac crazy? Ac accessible, sorry, accessible, not successful. That's yeah, I know that's, that's so wild, dude. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna. <laughs> All right. So the story of return, the return of Billy Jack, which was supposed to be um, the fifth installment of of this series, uh, it began production in 1985, 1986, late 1985. Um, it featured Billy Jack, obviously, as a title character going undercover as a priest fighting child pornographers in New York city. Wow. <laughs> he suffered a concussion and neck injury during filming, which actually led to production being suspended. Uh, and then during the hiatus, um, funding for the picture ran out and production was never resumed. So the movie w has never been released. Um, no part, no one's seen any of it. Um, in 2009, a few of the scenes from the unfinished film 
were posted on Laughlin's website and then quickly taken down for some, whatever reason. Um, while he was filming the movie though, he said that he made a citizen's arrest on the street of New York as he broke up a street fight that was in progress during shooting. That was like on film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, furthermore, uh, as of 1996, um, he actually tried to revive this, this movie again. Um, it stalled once more. And then fast forward to 2004, he tried to reprise it again under the name, get this, Billy Jack's crusade to end the war in Iraq and restore America to its moral purpose. Amazing. I shit you not, this is the title that he came up with in 2004. Billy Jack's crusade to end the war in Iraq and restore America to its moral purpose. Obviously that was too long. So he simply shortened it to Billy Jack's moral revolution. I love it. Fast forward again to 2008. So basically the return of Billy Jack has different incarnation. 85, 86 is when it was initially shot. 2004, he kind of came up with this weird Iraq war idea. And then in 2008, he changed it to Billy Jack for president, which he quote was going to be a new genre in film. And it even featured uh, in his vision of it, a debate that would take place between Billy Jack and George W. Bush via computer mani- manipulation of archived speeches. It's absolutely bad shit. <laughs> it literally gets just totally fucking batshit crazy none of these visions were ever realized um <laughs> i can't imagine what, whatsoever yeah um so we'll, we'll never get any of the any of those incarnations and and then tom laughlin uh passed away in 2013 so we'll, i w- i almost we'll feel like, never see it yeah i almost feel I, I can't remember have we had any discussion about fateful findings Mm-mm, no we have do, not do you know about it no okay and we'll have to talk about it at some point or you'll have to watch it so we can talk about it. It is so insane of a movie, but um, I feel like the, this, these different um, permutations of Billy Jack's like purpose is like almost like what I could see. I could see it developing in the same way and being shot like the fateful findings movie. But again, it doesn't matter because you hadn't seen it. So you, you have no reference point, but carry well, on. My so he, I mean, basically he tried to revive this return of Billy Jack thing over and over and over again and just made it, try to make it relevant to whatever the fuck was going on at the time. And obviously 2004 war in the Middle East was like a huge thing. It sounded like he went kind of insane trying to, trying to revive this. I don't even understand based on the title, Billy Jack's crusade to end the war in Iraq and restore America to its moral purpose. What is the angle on that movie? Like, it almost, <laughs> I don't even, what are they going to send Billy Jack over to the middle East? And he's just going to single-handedly end it. And yeah, they're, they're going to drop, drop him in Baghdad, like fucking <laughs> just like, like Iron Man. Man and just, <laughs> I mean, I can see it like Dumbo drop. (laughs) I can see it being like, yeah, like it's like some like almost like like a fucking God smack fucking video where his dude, what Billy Billy Jack in the desert. (laughs) I I mean, 
take my money now. I, <laughs> I would pay, I would pay for that 10 times over. Yeah. Um, anyway, that kind of wraps up the, the wormhole for this movie. So shall we give this a rating unless you have something? I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. My friend. I'm well, so sorry. Go ahead. Back, back up. Cause there's God, some movie. There's two doozies for me. I, I, I'm, genuinely excited i had more to say and i had to cut it out just because the return of billy jack i knew was gonna be too fucking long please no we cannot finish this without me putting these in i'm an elvis man oh yes this is another one i was gonna say yes i'm glad you saw this that's awesome this is one of elvis presley's favorite movies it is it is yeah (laughs) that right there i saw that and specifically wrote it down for you because you've said this before yes and that endeared me to it so much more even so much like when i was done watching it and i was trying to like get charlotte to come around to it more she's like you just like it because it was elvis's favorite movie (laughs) and and no she's still in play yeah also here we go this movie and I knew this before this movie and I completely forgot. And then once it started, I was like, oh, fuck. How did I forget? This movie has an Indianapolis connection. Holy shit. Are you ready for this? I'm No, I'm not actually. But the, please. The, the theme song to the movie One Tin Soldier was written and recorded by the band Coven, who are from Indianapolis. I did not know they were from Indianapolis. Wow. Well, well OK, so Jinx Dawson, specifically the singer. Is from Indianapolis. It's from Indianapolis. At at one point, they eventually relocated to Chicago, as far as I know, the backstory goes. But yeah, and she currently lives in Indianapolis now. Um, and Coven, notably being one of the first overtly uh, satanic, quote-unquote, occult rock bands. I was going to say, for having that name, that song does not strike me as somebody... Something that would have been by a band named Coven. Yeah, well, it was just them trying to, like, have a big hit, essentially. Yeah, that makes sense. Because so, that name rules. That's a tight name for a band. Yeah. Anyway, so there's there's mine. Now we can wrap it up. Okay. Um, by the way, I, I mentioned Tarantino earlier, and I might as well throw this out there. Have yeah. you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, I haven't. And I was going to bring that up, too, because I, I also knew about this disconnection. But go ahead. So uh, Brad Pitt and Tarantino actually have spoken about how Cliff Booth is uh, directly mirrored after Tom Laughlin and Billy Jack specifically. So uh, yeah, Brad Pitt's character in uh, Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood is is Billy Jack related. Yeah. And I was going to say, even without watching the movie, because, you know, I've I've listened to enough podcasts and read enough about that movie um, that that was brought up that Tom Laughlin was, you know, that the cliff was based off of Tom Laughlin. But yeah. 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 That's awesome. Okay. Uh, we shall rate this. That was some, <laughs> some great trivia. This movie has a lot of really cho- choice bits. Um, in terms of a midnight rating, where on the clock would you put this in terms of a midnight movie? This is a tricky uh question. Yeah, it's it is tricky because it is such a cult movie. And, but not for any sort of, well, I was going to say not for its violent aspects, but there's, there's a very graphic rape scene. I mean, there's like, uh, that's true. Under eight, I mean, there's basically 
child sexual acts going on in it. So I, I so this is what I'm gonna say. Just based off of its 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 cult status and being the weird gem that it is, I would assign it close to midnight. I could I I, I could definitely see this being shown. You know, this is a this is a late late movie for sure. And that I said eleven. Yeah, sure. And then out of and I just put cans of dog food made out of horse, um, unless we got something else. Why, maybe why not? That, maybe that hat. Why, or uh, the hat, or five round uh, roundhouse kicks to the face. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There's so many, there's, <laughs> <laughs> so many good, good. Uh, you pick it. I I like all those. It's got to be between. I think it's got to come down to either between the hats or the roundhouse kick, roundhouse kicks to the face. What do you call that hat? I don't even know. It, it has a specific name. I actually like. I there was another little trivia tidbit that I had. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to mention the hat. It's 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 called. It's like called like an Uncle Joe. What hat or something, um, but apparently, like, also, Tom Laughlin was made fun of for wearing that hat. But he like was like, he's like, I'm gonna wear it anyways, and it became Ooh, iconic. World would, yeah, Jeez. yeah. Um, also, oh, real, real quick, I gotta throw this in here. Did you know that Tom Laughlin had no martial arts training before he he made that movie? Yeah, I, I yes, yeah. Yeah, I knew that he wasn't a hapkido master. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Um, yeah, it's like called like like I said, it's called like an Uncle Joe hat or something. Anyways, if um, you want to look it up and just edit this out, that's fine. No, that's fine. We'll say out of out of, out of five Uncle Joe hats, what 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 are, what are we going to rate this? What do you say? I'm going to give it a three. I said three as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a three out of five. Um, it's got too much uh, Van Driesen shit to, <laughs> to pull, it, pull it out of a three, but I also think that uh, it's got a lot of real quirky qualities that, that are it, uh, endear it to me as well. Yeah, and, sure. and I'm actually glad you liked it um, as well because it's, it's a weird, maybe the weirdest choice so far. In this one, this, yeah, this one for me definitely, uh, as opposed to, say, Waterworld, has more repeat viewing qualities to it. Like I could definitely like watch this again. Waterworld, unless we we do the directorial edition, direct the director's cut edition, I probably would never willingly really go back to. But I would watch which this. I which I bought again, we can edit this part out, but I bought the Blu-ray that has the Ulysses version on it. Um I actually had downloaded uh, the Ulysses version to watch and then never I watched like the first 20 minutes. I was like, holy shit, this is tight. And then bought the Blu-ray and uh, we recently upgraded our, our TV as well. And that was like the first movie I watched on it. And it is fucking gorgeous. It's such a good. Yeah, I would, I would watch that. I would watch that. But it's then, good, but it, it's, it's three hours. <laughs> it's yeah. a commitment. Um, it's, it's 40 extra minutes. <laughs> All right. Um, so there we go. All and right. That, that wraps that wraps it up. Billy Jack. So Billy Jack. Billy Jack eats flapjacks. That should have been the fifth one. Um, what's on the next episode, Adam? You know, I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought, but the next one that was in the queue, basically, um, for me was uh, Maniac. Do you want to watch Maniac? Yes, if I'm sure. It's your choice. 
let's talk. Let's let's talk about Maniac. Let's do it. Let's talk about the, the this feel good hit. <laughs> From one feel good hit to the next. Yeah, Maniac. Next time. We got the law here, Billy Jack. When policemen break the law, then there isn't any law. Just a fight for survival. This has been another deep dive into midnight movie madness. Big thanks to Charlotte Blythe for providing our intro music. Our outro music is brought to you by GIMP. If you're a band looking to submit a song or a listener looking to submit a question, feel free to shoot us an email at midnightflixpod, F-L-I-X, at gmail.com, or hit us up on Instagram at midnightflixpod. For Adam Walker, I'm Pat Mitchell. See you on the other side.